right, here we go. It is episode 53 of Stick to Hockey Live. Jason Ratitas and the Hall of Famer, Al Morgani. What's going on, Al? It's not the real Hall of Fame. It's the media kind of Hall of Fame. So, <laughs> no, it's still the Hall of Fame. Don't downplay it. It's some guy named Elmer, so Elmer <laughs> Ferguson Award. So since they, everybody thought my name was Elmer Gantry when I got here, so I guess that fits. Yeah, yeah no doubt, right? Um, how's it been since you got in? Has it been a, a whirlwind? We talked to you right before you went, but yeah, how yeah. was the whole thing? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It was. Uh, there were a lot of people up there I hadn't seen in a bit. A lot of obviously media people, but Dominic Hasek was up there, so I hadn't seen him in a bit. I don't think I'd seen him uh, ten years or whatever. Uh, he was up there. It was pretty great. It was. It's a. It's a nice weekend. For anybody that hasn't gone, the Hall of Fame is really cool. Even yeah. if you don't like Canadians, the, the locker room they have there is ridiculous. To, to kind of sit in that locker room is really cool. So yeah. I, I highly recommend it. And, and uh, Toronto is nice anyway, just to go up and hang out. And, and your money goes a long way right now, the American dollar. So it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's like a dollar forty up there. Um, yeah. What? Do, so when you sign an autograph for somebody at your local Wawa or whatever, do you sign uh, well, HOF? If they ask, I I don't like doing it. But if they ask, you, you know, you put H H O F. But it, I don't like doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you rather just take a picture with somebody? Uh, yeah, it's it's funny. It's it's hard to even take pictures anymore because like people wear these uh, t-shirts or 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 uh, sweatshirts with like stuff on them, like political stuff or whatever. And you say, Yeah, sorry, I just I just can't take a picture with you with that. I don't, yeah. I I don't care what your leanings are, but I just can't. One way or the other, it's going to because that has, that the person's political belief then becomes yours. Yeah, I'm like I can't. You know, if you want to take the shirt off, put it inside. Oh, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> You're right though. Like, and even if it, even if you share that political belief, you don't want to put the picture out because no, you, nobody needs to know that business well, about it. Hard us. to do. Like if they were in a Penguins jersey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still, good like, point. Like, yeah. Not good. But yeah, it's fun. Any anything with the kids are fine, so it's whatever. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about this team. You and I were at practice yesterday. Um, they had a pretty spirited practice yesterday. Really, a lot of pace to it. Pretty long practice, but boy, the team's coming off a rough weekend. Al, they got outscored in the weekend, twelve to two, and really punctuated and accentuated by that seven nothing loss against the Devils, who ironically last year out finished two points ahead of the Flyers, sixty three. Yeah. And the Flyers but, finished 61. Yeah, you see what happens when their skill, young, skilled players get yeah. better. I mean, Hughes is insane, and there's another one coming there. Um, you know, he, he sure is better than I thought. Now it makes that draft look even worse from either end, behind what they took with Nolan Patrick or what they couldn't get with Heischer when the, when the Devils made the right choice there. Um, and it's a scary team now because they're, they're – minor league system or their prospect pipeline is really good uh so i mean that's a that's a team that's going to get better and better i think they improved obviously they got the uh the uh, coach who used to be in florida came up and i think he's helped them an awful lot and it's funny because the flyers problem had always been goaltending and now they've got really good goaltending even with the seven goals he's a airson's a good goaltender it looks like but the Devils have improved everywhere, but I worry about their goaltending. Me too. So it's yeah. really weird coming in, but you really, I was on the, obviously doing the um, post and pregame in between periods. And after the second period, Ashlyn and I 
uh, Ashlyn Sullivan, I, I just said, well, this is just a disparity in talent. And now I suggest that why not just go for it? What's the difference losing three nothing or I said like six nothing or whatever. Yeah. And I, I can see a player thinking like that, uh, but Tortorella doesn't want them thinking like that. He wants to instill good defensive habits. But boy, I'll tell you, it'd be tempting as a player to say, you know what, we got no shot to win. Let's just let's just risk stuff, and that risk stuff is a goalie's nightmare. <laughs> yeah, and that's what happened? Yeah, it's you do all that, and now all the structure's gone, the predictability, and the goaltender's got to be flying all over the place like a crate, like Dominic Hasek, oddly enough. Yeah. Um, um, you're, I think your things are like. Are you hearing that static when you talk now? Not at all. Okay, I wonder if people are hearing. It. I'm getting like a static type thing when you when you speak for some. All of a sudden, it just happened. Um, let me ask you about Hashik real quick, Al, because um, you know watching him play, he's one of those goalies that couldn't influence a generation of goalie because you could nobody could do what he did. Like it didn't make sense. There was no rhyme or reason. It was just doing whatever it took for him to stop pucks. You know, you saw like Brodeur, he influenced the generation. Patrick Waugh did it as well. But the, the lack of structure and technical elements to Hashik's game didn't do that. But what's he like from a personality standpoint? Is he pretty surly or what's the deal with him? I always got along with him. He had issues with his media in Buffalo. Uh, I think he went after Jim Kelly at one point, the, uh, not the quarterback, the uh, beat writer for the for the Sabres uh, because he was emotional. I liked covering him a lot because he was really into it and emotional about everything, even the questions you asked him. So I never, it's funny, he was almost, I don't want to make the comparison on the ice, but Brisgolov-like in his emotions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, he was fun. My favorite memory of him was when they, I don't know, people may not remember the Stanley Cup that Dallas won in Buffalo mm. on the, quote, illegal goal. And I was with ESPN, and I was supposed to go into the loser's locker room. And Dom wouldn't take his uniform off and basically came to the door and said, the game's not over. <laughs> Nobody's mm. coming in here till they reverse the goal. And uh, it didn't wow. happen. So that's how emotional he was. Uh, and you're right. You can't. Um, He's a coach's nightmare, I would think. Now, I know nothing about goalies. I leave that to people like you. But I know that there is coaching that goes to it. And I know that having coached kids in hockey, tennis a little bit, um, and I'm a bad player, but I can teach. Taught skiing, and I was a bad skier. But I can teach beginner. Mm -hmm. And he's a guy who breaks all the rules. Yeah. So if you're... He's a, he's the prime example for me of a coach's nightmare on a very, very talented kid who you can't put inside some set of rules. Keep your feet on the ground when you hit the ball or whatever. Then you watch Wimbledon and the best players are in the air. And yeah. he was the same thing in goal. He, the, there was no rules. It was just stop the puck. And it was just complete athleticism and compete. And that's what he did. Um, I would never have a kid watch the tape and say, here, do this. Yeah. Uh, because it's a, it's a rare kid that can do that. Uh, and, and you just let him go. And it, of all the players I've ever, I've ever covered, he made everybody different. Like 
a guy named Michael Pecco would win the uh, defensive forward, the Selkie. Yeah. Or general manager would win general manager of the year or the coach would win coach of the year. And honest to God, Jason, I don't know how good any of them were. Yeah, because he, he covered up so much. <laughs> yeah, it was like, what the heck? How do I know? I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't know how many high danger chances we've given up and he and he saved and he just saved everything. And it was a, uh, it was, uh, it was fun. It was, it was a blast watching him. And I don't know how you would try to figure out uh, how to beat him, since I don't know he knew what he was going to do. No, that that's the unpredictability. The cat and mouse game. There was no cat and mouse game because he was just all over the place. He had no yeah. idea. I would. Could... I mean, I haven't watched him in a little, like in shootouts and stuff. I don't know about that. I mean, that's where yeah. he to do something, but that didn't really exist. Yeah, I mean, I imagine pre-scouts on him. In this situation, he does that. But he also does this, and he also does this. <laughs> like, no, it's got to be nuts. Like, you, you kind of know what most goaltenders kind of, although they study the shooters more. Uh, yeah. And you, you study the goalies. You just want them to make a move. You don't care what kind of move. You want to freeze them. Yeah. Uh, whatever you can do to freeze them. Or maybe a guy has a tendency to come out and try to swat a puck or, or his stick doesn't cover the five hole or whatever. Maybe. Uh, I know with Brisgala, funny, that was the case on the five hole on anything near a breakaway uh, yeah. where you'd moved across the middle of the ice and it would open up. Uh, so, but there was nothing with Hasek like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's unbelievable. I wish I could go back and watch his career and see it for the first time and appreciate it properly. Now. I, I don't think I did at the time. Um, so, so the team this weekend out, you know, they get pasted. I, I don't know what was worse though, to be honest with you, that Montreal game or, the devil game Montreal's missing 13 players and they they seem listless but were you surprised because post game torts was pretty subdued maybe is the right word and and rather understanding look that he was on the trip he knows what that's like coming back from that trip that first game back after going out of the time zone like that and it is a tough one for teams but I was surprised how understanding he was but it led me to believe I don't know exactly what his message has been like in the locker room of late. Because sometimes when things go shitty, you hug the guys. Sometimes you peel the paint off the walls and you curse them out. But yeah. there's, there's different pitches you got to throw as a coach. Yeah, again, we were doing the post uh, game when I was with Ashland. And, you know, people within the building were saying well, he's going to go, you know, crazy on them. I said, no, he's not. Uh, because... They, it wasn't a case of um, not trying at all. Mm-hmm. Look, they, that, I believe, was the game where they put Bourne at left wing. Yeah, uh, Bourne. Uh, yeah, Bourne at left Bourne. Bourne at le- <laughs> I, was just, I was just talking about Bourne's son, <laughs> a, book, a book that he wrote. Um, I'm Bourne at, uh, at left wing, and I'm like, well, this is, uh, this, is not a, this is not an easy situation for this team. It's yeah. not like you, uh, and Konechny was, they were just learning. He was going to be out for a long time. And I thought he can't jump all over him because as much as anything, there's coaches' decisions in what you do with your lineup. Now, I don't quite exactly know what's happening there. My suspicion is, I mean, he always wanted to play Braun and get him in, veteran player. And I, I don't know. There, there's something going on there um, that he has to play uh, a certain amount. And um, maybe to trade, uh, you know, whatever it is, yeah. he, he, he does this. Show he's healthy. I, I guess that might be it, that fr- but, put him up, but putting him up front was alarming to me. Yeah, <laughs> me too. When there were other players there. Um, so, I mean, it was like, okay, 
this is this is outside of the norm and they were coming back from a trip and i don't i don't think it was necessarily a case of uh lack of effort it was some bad effort some chasing or whatever but i think it's at the point now it would have been ridiculous to jump all over that team at that point because tortorella has to you know he knows what he is i think he's a very good coach uh, but he knows that he can't lose a locker room he has to keep a locker room for a long time beyond this year yeah uh, so i didn't expect that would happen I know, I kind of know times when he's going to kind of lay out on a, uh, on the team and just, you know, that was terrible. We didn't compete or whatever. But I think it's at this point, it's like, I can't, I can't jump all over him because I, I, I don't, there's no, um, there's not a big ceiling for this year. It's going to, there, there will be some veteran players, I think, maybe toward the end of this year that he can send a message to. But he's in a real tough spot. Ask, look. When you ask a team to, and this is going to be very basic, but it's almost like you're saying, let's go out there and play our best and we'll lose two to three. Well, nobody wants to lose. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when that's your ceiling, that's tough to get guys to buy in. Yeah, uh, especially at this in. point, right, in the season. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it's, let's put it, you know, you got kids coming up that want, that want to prove themselves in different ways. And let's face it, to be really honest, you make dollars and cents with points <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and that's not going to happen. So he's got a real tough task going in through, uh, through the remainder of this season. And I think we saw it this weekend, the fact that they lose like that and it wasn't like uh, railing or screaming or anything. It was like, well, you know, we, uh, it, part of it is, I think he's admitting right here, this is going to be a tough sell from a coaching standpoint to play within this system that we want without Konechny with little chance of having the game breaker. Uh, you looked at Devils and, you know, if they could, if they played like that, they've got three guys that can yeah. break the game. Well, yep. the Flyers don't have three guys that can break the game. They don't have, you know, if it was a football team, that wouldn't be the hands team going out for the, Yeah, I think he knows that he can't go freak out about results when he's missing so much talent. And look, they don't have a lot of talent, talent, fully healthy, high end talent. You know, Couturier, obviously, Atkinson is I mean, these players help and and Konechny has been more than a point per game. He's got 54 points in 52 games. Um, But without him, I mean, who who do they? chuck over the boards and the other team goes, Oh shit, he's on the ice. <laughs> yeah. That, and that's why, but uh, you know, people want to keep bringing up. That's why when I, I, I was like, what? go get Johnny Gaudreau. I mean, no, mm-hmm. he's probably not going to get you in the playoffs this year, but if this Gauthier comes up and he's a skilled player and maybe you got a couple um, to go with, but they, you know, they, they're, they're, their idea of rebuilding this thing wasn't to go throw that much cash at somebody and have very little hope. Like Columbus threw all that cash at them. They're worse than the Flyers. Yeah. But 29-year-old winger, that I think that's part of it too. Well, and, and uh, but you look at Columbus and you look at next year, if they ever did get Bedard, and yeah. they, they have so many, they're, they're, they're banged up as the Flyers when you yeah. look at some guys missing in their line. That could be, that could be an amazing turnaround uh, yeah. for next year. And one of the biggest ever, if it all works yeah. out I think that Gaudreau provided a lot of false hope there. Would have done the same here. 
um, yep. because one player doesn't do it as you're, as you're seeing out there, you know, and it's not like, Oh, it's shitty coaching or it's this or that. I mean, they're just not a, a deep team and you, you need a team to win in this game. Let me ask you, you know, T Torch mentioned it yesterday. TK is going to be out and he's going to be out a while. He said we were going to get some details yesterday. We haven't gotten those. So I don't know if there's a surgery coming, but to me, it sounds like there's a good chance that he could be shut down for the year. There's only 21 games left. Yeah. Um, I would yeah, I mean, and at this point, Al, I mean, I think they're like the seventh worst point percentage in the league, and they're a, a thousandth up on Montreal. Um, you come down the stretch here, your odds of getting a guy like good or Bedard and drafting higher can go up here at the end of this season. And I'm never a shut just shut a guy down type thing, um, but you know, because I think Couturier should come back if he can come back, because I think I need that knowledge that can he come back and can he play and not have a setback going into this? I need that knowledge going into the off season. Yeah. I know some people are, are out there going, ah, the season means nothing. Shut them down. Well, I'd like to get something out of it for Couturier and find out going into the off season, whether I, cause I don't want to go through next summer here and, Oh, I feel the best I've felt in years and all that shit. And then three games in setback and we don't see him again the rest of the year. I want to know something now. Yeah. I think he does too. I think yeah. beyond and he does, and and, and I think the the flight like more than I think the Flyers want to know. I, I I think he'll play some games toward the end. I think he I think he needs to to get back and see what you've got, how healthy he is, how he feels. Uh, so I mean, I I, I would shut down Konechny though. Um, uh, I, I look, I got my medical degree at Wawa, so what do I know? But yeah. when a player leaves, any player leaves the ice with his pulling his arm toward his body. It's generally a shoulder or collarbone, yeah. whether it's subluxated, dislocated, what, whatever it is, and then it would need surgery at some point, usually. Uh, so I, I would think, I, I, if it was, if you're at, if you told me they were just going to be safe with him and shut him down, I'd say, you know what, it makes sense because where, where are you going anyway? Uh, and he's been really good, uh, but if it's a matter of just get it done early rather than after the season, if it needs anything, I'd do it now. Yeah, I agree. I think I just fixed your static on your mic, by the way. I don't know how I did it. I hit an automatic thing, so it worked. <laughs> um, and I think we know at this point what TK is under torts, and we have enough data there to go forward, and that's a big element too. Um, it's trade deadline week, Al, and, you know, obviously JVR's name's all over the place on an expiring contract. And Jordan Greenway is part of a package that we're hearing about, and – I mean, there's got to be a pick. There's got to be pick incentive there, too. You're not trading James Van Riemsdyk for Jordan Greenway. They got a lot of Jordan Greenways already. Yeah. So I think taking Greenway would almost be the how you get a higher pick in return because <laughs> you're doing them a favor there because they need to clear cap. Yeah. They're in cap hell beginning next year because of the Suter and Parisi buyouts. Um, but the other name that, that's popped out there, I saw Frank Valley reported it as well, that Kevin Hayes, he had him really high on his chart that Kevin Hayes is drawing interest from uh, three teams, Colorado, Boston, and I can't remember the other one off the top of my head. Um, but what's the what's likelihood of you seeing him moved if the Flyers retained about $2 million? Well, people said I was crazy when I thought when I said the Bruins might be interested in him earlier. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever the Flyers pick up in, in salary. Uh, and, and don't forget, the Bruins have the luxury of a couple of the best players in the league way underpaid. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, so they, they've got, they, they can do some things and he's the hometown guy. 
Uh, I, I think it, it would be it would be a good fit. I think teams won't look at him more in the middle uh, mm-hmm. than at the winger, which is, and he played what one game in the middle over the last couple of weeks. Uh, somebody with Konechny out, I think they use him in the middle as a centerman. Uh, I think that's where teams are looking at him, and he's got good numbers. Um, it, it's weird if I were a pro scout watching him, I would say, well, you know, there's obvious deficiencies here in his game, but there's results too. <laughs> yeah. And I think, yeah, I think he's one of those guys where you'd have to look past the salary. Obviously, Flyers picks him up and see how does he fit with what we have. Yeah. And I think in Boston, you could make a case. Because of Bergeron. Yeah, Colorado and, you know, and what's going to happen next year um, mm-hmm. with them. And Colorado with their injury situation, you could probably make a case. I actually thought Winnipeg might be interested um, in him. They already had him, though. It didn't work out last time. I didn't, but I don't know, man. It's kind of wide open out there. Uh, so, I mean, I, and I don't know what his situation is, where he could go. I don't know his contract. Well, he's got a 12 team. The other team is Carolina that Frank listed. And he says in his, in his piece here on daily Faceoff, he says um, he hasn't ranked as the third, third target. Number three on his list. Like number one's Jacob Chikorin. Yeah. Number two is Garakoff from Columbus. Number three is Kevin Hayes. And he says that um, the market is heated up on the rangy all-star center in the last 24, 48 hours with intelligence that the flyers are willing to retain some salary on a transaction in order to facilitate a deal. How much? That depends on the return. And it's a big ask for the Flyers to retain for the next three years. Carolina, Colorado, Minnesota are among the teams that have been in touch uh, with the Flyers on Hayes. He has a 12-team no-trade list, and none of the aforementioned teams appear to be on it. Yeah, well, probably Winnipeg is. (laughs) Yep. Every Canadian team is probably. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I can see where he would be a – don't forget, he's also – if a general manager checks with some veteran players, mm-hmm. he'd be a name that they would want. Uh, yeah, because of the room. Re- yeah, he's highly regarded that way. And he's not a selfish guy. Mm-hmm. And, the, uh, he, you know, if you have a chance to sniff at winning, I can see where he would, he would be a good fit, save the money. And so I don't know how much the Flyers would have to take in that or how creative they could be in – making it part of a bigger deal where you yeah. can get some prospects back in addition to whatever draft pick or whatever, a, a younger guy to try, try. I think that's the task they have here, whatever they do with the deadline to pick up some prospects that might not be working out somewhere else that might work out where you are. This is heavily dependent on your coach or your scouting, uh, mm-hmm. both uh, NHL and lower level, maybe college maybe uh, certainly in the minors uh this this is dependent on that this is a an opportunity at a trade deadline it's the opportunities at the trade deadline are really weighted for the teams not in it mm-hmm. as opposed to the teams in it you look what's happening here with the rangers probably going to get Kane, and you know carolina might do something all these teams going to do something and you know, one team is going to get – two of the teams are going to be out in, like, the first round that do yeah. stuff. It, yeah. And in the meantime, you're, you're adding stuff because you're, you're hopelessly out of it here. So you have to be it's, – it's kind of inverse of what people think 
like when you're thinking, well, the Rangers better do something before the Carolina does something, before Boston does something. Well, maybe the Flyers better do something before Columbus does something, before whomever does mm-hmm. something. So yeah. you can get whatever prospect your people are really, really high on. And that's where I think the Flyers have to really, if, if there's a chance to get better quicker, I think it would be with some of the people that you can bring in with this trade deadline. To me, it's as important to them as it is to those teams looking to get into the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, and, and the thing, Al, you know, it, like they make the deal for Ratcliffe. They move him for the the, uh, the future considerations player. Um, Evil Grady uh, tweeted me and asked me what number future considerations will be wearing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, that opens up a contract spot. And that always kind of, I go, hmm, why do that there? Now they're down to 47 contracts. Is, is this a precursor to a move? Because Columbus, or Nashville's not getting them because they want the player right now. Like, you know, I mean, he's got two goals and two assists. He's been a healthy scratch in the AHL. This is some kind of precursor to some other move for the Flyers to open that contract because it doesn't make any other sense. But, um, you know, one of the things Flyer fans right now are looking at is they, they see the the general manager, they see the the hockey operations department is not having a lot of urgency because you see these moves. Like you see what Toronto did in St. Louis trading Ryan O'Reilly and Noah Chari. You see, you know, these moves all over the league and the Flyers have traded Isaac Ratcliffe. So, well, yeah, well, I mean, part of it is honestly how much in demand are Flyers prospects? Yeah, they fall to that second tier. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the problem. And if you don't want to include somebody that, you know, you kind of are high on, although there doesn't seem to be that much there, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to be that first level. They can't wait to get somebody. Like, is there anybody that they're really like, they're not going to move Gauthier, right? That, 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 That would be, you know, okay. There's your pipeline there. What else is there? What, you know, the kid they've got up here right now. Yeah. Even though they seem pretty high on him, weren't we high on Ratcliffe when he came up? I mean, it was like, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know, but uh, you may, you try to create a demand there and what's, what's gone on. The Flyers don't have it. I mean, to me, if they're, if you're looking for a big move, this is where, this is where Tortorella speaks in code when he started to say from the beginning of the year, we want to see who can play and also who can't. Yeah. This is where you start to wonder when he says can't doesn't mean is a bad player. He means, is he going to live up to what we expected? Is yeah. Sanheim going to be that guy? Is Provorov? I mean, you have defensemen get you more. Uh, I happen to think Provorov is playing pretty well. He's not what he's not what I or anybody expected early, but defensemen bring you a lot. So the bold move would be one of the defensemen, whether it's Sanheim, uh, whether it's Provorov, whomever. Um, you know, it's not going to be one, one of the guys. Braun, those aren't going to get you the big the big deal. But one of the but one of those other defense one of those two defensemen uh, will, or a physical player who they always bring more to trade deadline than they're really worth because teams think they have to be more physical in the playoffs. Like the Rangers when they were. Uh, Light it out of the playoffs by Washington. Uh, yeah. So you know, they, the McEwen I think would have been would have brought a lot in, in relative to what his value. Um, but Sealer you know, too, for that matter. Sealer now Sealer is an interesting one. See Sealer to me, I wouldn't move because uh, yeah. he's making under under eight hundred grand. 
He's good got contract, another year. Two-way yeah. contract, good contract. Uh, I think an okay player. Uh, goes out and plays hard, blocks. I don't think I don't think what you'd get in return would be worth trading him unless it's part of something really big. Uh, so, I mean, that's where if you're looking for anything of uh, real uh, weight, it would be one of those defensemen. I can't think of the forwards that, you know, it's JVR. Okay, JVR. Um, yeah, I can see the value, People, team looking at a power play or whatever, but to be really honest, since he's had that broken finger, if you were a pro scout and it wasn't the body of work with JVR you're looking at, if you were just saying, okay, I'm sending my scout out to see JVR over the past two weeks, I don't know what I would give up yeah. because his game is, and I, it's probably, I mean, when you tip that much and you, you're in the slot and there's any kind of injury that you have, uh, it affects you. And I, I, I don't think he's been particularly good over the past two, three weeks. I don't think he's been that good since he tried to come back from that surgery he had. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I love people. He's a big name and he's got statistics. But if I were a pro scout writing on my report, what do you think? Uh, I wouldn't grade him that high right now. It would have to be saying, well, he's going to get better and he's going to be valuable in a playoff series on a, and on a, on a power play. Yeah. Add some depth for you, a little net front guy for a PP2 if you need that. You know, can, he's going to fit into any locker room. We know that. Yeah, but again, if you were a pro scout and I told you, write a report for me on JVR around the net right now, what, what would you write? There? Yeah, I mean, Torts even said it yesterday. His game is dipped. It well, has. How many times were there tips or a, a stick on the in the crease? And it, and it always Didn't got finish. there previously. No. Yeah. And he hasn't since he came back from that surgery. Yeah, when you're dealing with the hand too, that's a tough one. Yes. Because you you need all appendages to have full, full so, I mean, uh, dexterity. That's the general manager's job to sell that to make yeah. them get the most out of that. So that's where uh, you know, and I know what the fans think of you know the front office, their dealings, and this is going to be one where people are going to look at closely. Yeah, and, and look, I, I don't have a high expectation for this trade deadline because I think. That moves of real consequence for this team. Now, if they moved Kevin Hayes, that would obviously be big. Um, but moves of real consequence to me are more likely to happen in the summer when you can involve 31 other potential teams as opposed to just the teams that are buying and can fit the salary of that player. So that's a different ball game. Um, and this summer, like, Al, I've made this point that, you know, no matter what they do, and you mentioned Proveroff, and I, I've said to people, you know, be really careful in wishing he gets traded because – He's got the best ability in sports, and it's called availability, <laughs> right? And he's a guy that, you know, can play 27 minutes a night like he did against Calgary and come back and give you 25 on the back-to-back. -back. And, you know, moving him could create a hole much greater than the one than any you have now. And you may be creating a bigger hole than you can fill. And I said it's very important that this team go on an arc now. I don't know how steep the arc is to getting good and becoming a playoff team and going through those steps of becoming a contender. I don't know how quick that is. I think it's going to take some time, but they can't have steps backwards. They can't come into next year and move backwards. It has to be a progressive step forward because, I mean, selling this to a fan base is one thing, but you also got to sell it to that room and that you're a team that's making incremental steps towards getting better. and they cannot take a step backwards next year. 
Well, they probably won't because of Atkinson and Couturier. However, the most uh, amazing thing that Tortorella said yesterday was... I know where you're going with this. Yeah, he, he warned about next year uh, there would be some pain. That, like people would say, well, he, he threw up the white flag for the playoffs. Well, no kidding. That white flag was up a week, a month ago. Uh, yep. When he said next year, you know, don't basically to paraphrase, don't expect a huge leap. See, that's where Jason, that's where, when you talk about pro to me, if I'm the Los Angeles Kings, he's a guy, if I can get now, he helps me right now. And he helps me for several years down the road. Yeah. I give up a lot. I would give up a lot for him. Quentin um, Byfield. Would you give up Quentin Byfield? You know what? I might. I might if too. I, if my it's a cost certainty. That's why. If my scouts look at him and say, man, and he plays the side you need right now, and we're, we're a team, you know, right now he's going to fit in now. You look out the West, it's like, is anybody going to run away? We have a shot here. And then it's not like a rental. He's going to be a big part of this. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think, or Edmonton. I think he'd be, I mean, I think he'd be terrific in Edmonton. I like I him here. But if yeah. you're, when, you, when you're talking about a bold move that would bring back more that's the guy that would bring back to me looking at it not as a fan as a general manager like trying to get my team in order that i would say you know what that guy might be worth the quote overpay because it's not just now we got this guy for a long time yeah and he solves your a problem for those teams yes the big time you know the left side in la you put him out there with a guy like drew dowdy kidding me yeah no i mean that's where and that's where your your general manager if you're gonna if you're looking to do that i mean i you know this is where tortorella gets involved like want to see who can play who does this who does that and as you mentioned is it a hole that they can fill is it yeah. is it going to have the team go backwards is it you know do we have somebody coming up that can that can kind of fill that role i don't see it now but i don't who knows what they get back and what kids they'll have coming up uh, and what their plan is, but that would be a guy that I, I would say, okay, that's, he's the guy I'm going to get the most for. It, look at Julian Breezeball, what he's done in Tampa. Yeah. He, he did it with Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow gave up more than people thought he was going to give up, but it solved his need. And then he just did it with, you and you saw the package oh. he gave up for, Janelle. I mean, it was a haul, wow. but he get, that's the player I need. So I yeah. had to go out and make sure it happened. And look at that team. They're, they're going to be, Right in there in the mix in the East again. The East is going to be an absolute war, by the well, way. <laughs> it's going to be a war, and you have that general manager giving up that much. You might have the Bruins general manager giving up. He's already given up stuff. And if you're talking about if it's possible to get Hayes, look what the Rangers have done. Yep. And, and T.O., Toronto, I wouldn't do anything, but they will. <laughs> and yep. then they gave up. They've already done stuff here. And like I said before, all these – Two of them are going to be gone in the first round. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at these teams. You have Boston. It's got 97 points already. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, they're 24-2-3 and three at home. They're going to have home ice throughout. And then you look at, obviously, Toronto. I mean, 82 points. You look at Carolina leading the Metro with 86 points. I mean. Well, you know, Boston's having a, a historic year. But if I told you they were going to get – knocked out in the first round i mean you'd be okay it'd be kind of surprised or well, second round sorry but you wouldn't be shocked if they were 
because of the teams because would anybody be shocked if tampa beat them nope but i mean toronto eventually toronto you would be yeah because they got to win eventually (laughs) win eventually and and if the rangers get kane it's like you know, you know. I don't. Maybe you know they may have enough goal scoring to beat the goal in Boston's defensive style. So I mean that that's how good it is in the East. That's why when you're looking at the Flyers moving somebody, it's like I'm looking at teams in the West and saying, we all got a chance. Yeah, <laughs> we don't do. get through Boston. Or, <laughs> we all got a shot. Yeah, I mean Dallas is right in there. All of a sudden, yes. Colorado's a a couple of points back with two games in hand, and they've won six straight. You know. You know, Minnesota is a team that they've been good over their last 10. Vegas is right. the, the Kings. Vegas yeah, I mean, you, Kings. Yeah. and if Dallas, you know, if if Kane hadn't made it that clear that he wanted to play in New York, like much like Drew last year with Florida. Yeah. Dallas with Kane would have been. <laughs> Put him on the wing with again. Yeah. So, I mean, this is where this is where at the trade deadline, you've got all these considerations. And now what happened with Giroux last year actually doesn't look bad anyway, because Tippett looks like a player, yeah. uh, a good player, a really good player. Uh, but you do you do kind of handcuff your general manager in terms of what you can get, because it's the only place he wants to go. So Kane's not going to get what you should, because if I'm New York, I'm like, hey, he's, he's not going anywhere else. You want yeah. anything, take what we give you. I'll tell you the team to look out for in the, in the East, Al. Keep an eye on the Islanders. Because they got, like, if they get Carolina in the first round as wild card number one, because and Pittsburgh gets Boston, I think Pittsburgh would get smoked by Boston. Um, but Carolina against the Islanders because of the Sorokin factor, like, look out there. That could that could be an up. That, yeah, that could be an interesting series. Well, there's your goalie. I mean, that's you know, that's you yeah. throw goalies into the equation and. You know, you look in the East. I mean, Shesterkin's not playing as well as he has in the past. Um, you know, Tampa's got the goaltending. Boston's yeah. goaltending has been really, really good. Yeah. But, I mean, you go in the playoffs. Everybody says you got to be a playoff goaltender. We'll see what happens. But no, the, 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 he's the great equalizer there in the, on the island on, on what could happen. You see them back in Pittsburgh. I, I, I give them credit they make the playoffs because I thought things could fall apart. Those three guys, they have continued to, to carry them. But, boy, I'll tell you, you want to talk about a team that could fall off the cliff in the next two years. Ooh, I know. <laughs> they could really – they could get – that could get really ugly. Right? So, I don't know how they'll do it, but somehow they'll end up with the dart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, if they do, forget it. <laughs> you know, they're going to they're gonna get kicked out of the Keystone State if that happens. Be, I don't know how – it would have to be a miracle somehow. Somebody takes stupid pills to get them there. But – but yeah, after they've had Lemieux and Crosby. I'm like, just please, no. Yeah, <laughs> and Yager is a buffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding me? Um, yeah, I mean, you look at all the teams with question marks in the East. You know, Toronto's a question mark, obviously. Be and you know, the Devils are a question mark to me, and the Penguins are a huge question mark to me. And they're all the teams that have question marks in the crease. It's amazing. Did uh, you look at? I I really like Allmark. Did you see the goalie goalie had out? Yeah, that was a hell of a shot. Jesus, that was a, uh, that was a cannon. I, I thought it was going to go the entire length of the ice. <laughs> yeah, to, I mean, to, without I mean to sail into the net. No, that was. I love their celebration, their goaltender celebration after games. Going down yeah, the line, the goalie hugs. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good. They've got a pretty good group there right now. In addition to on the ice, um, uh-huh. they look 
they really have a blast. Yeah. Um, I went and down the YouTube route because we were talking yesterday at practice, you and I, uh, who are all the goalie goals, right? So I watched, I found this YouTube video that has all the goalie goals, including all marks. And, you know, the first one's Billy Smith. He, he touches a puck and it ends yeah. up in, in their, in the opposition net. And then the second one is, is Hexy in 87. And yeah, he's the first one to shoot. His actually landed beyond the blue line as well. Yeah. And then his the second one that he scores is the playoff one against Washington, and he actually shoots that from below his goal line. And yeah, no, he was. Uh, and then Brodeur. I mean, Marty actually wasn't that kind of a goalie as a kid until his. Remember, his dad was a photographer mm-hmm. at the uh, Montreal uh, Forum when the Canadians played there, and he came back home after seeing Hextall and told Marty. I saw the new way goalies are going to play. You should get involved. And he started yeah. shooting puck every day. Yeah. Jose <laughs> um, Teodor scored one backhand <laughs> from below his goal line. He just sent one down. Uh, but one of Marty's was actually against the Flyers. And it was That's just right. because he touched it last. It was That's his right. second. <laughs> and I see Bundy there trying to keep it out of the net. And uh, he got he ended up with three. So um, pretty interesting stuff. Um, Al, what are we going to see? Uh, parting thought from you. What are we going to see here to wrap up this season? Um, I think you're going to see the kids get a chance, more than one coming up to get a chance uh, to see what they have, to see what they look like. I think you'll see. Uh, I don't know that. the. I, I think you'll see the heart get some rest, um, mm-hmm. not because he's had a pretty grueling schedule. Um, and I think you'll. You'll see um, Tortorella. I don't think he's going to go off on anybody. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they do with the trade deadline to see what they've got coming in. But I think you want to see kids uh, get chances in tougher positions, two minutes to go. I think you'll see Couturier. Um, I think you'll see uh, marked improvement in the face-offs um, with, uh, with Cates. I yeah. think they're going to work that a lot. And I hope you see something in terms of uh, – deployment of the power play even with d'angelo there i mean it's kind of disheartening to see where they are with the power play when they added d'angelo who's a pretty good power play guy actually gets the shot through yeah Um, but i think i think what i'll be looking for is how are they going to use this what setups are they going to use trying to get into that offensive zone and that to me is a coaching nightmare because it shouldn't be that difficult yeah. I mean, maybe it's just the style. Maybe you have to go back to chase, chase it in or whatever. But there's something going on here with with an inability. And it's not just all skill level. I mean, it's just it's chaotic at the at the blue line yeah. on, on, on an inability to to read gaps and get the puck in. Even I think they've surrendered the slingshot, which maybe they're going to have to bring back because this this is not working at all. Yeah. On, on, and, and the problem with that, too, is the other point you made is you're so bad in the face-off circle yeah. without Couturier and Giroux now that you don't get automatic possession on your power play ever. you got to start no. behind your own net after they ice it. Yeah, and that's why, you you know, one way or the other, they, 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 there has to be something to getting in the zone on the power play. And that's where when I go to practice, I'm like, they don't really practice that that much, it doesn't look like. Yeah. I mean, you see it occasionally, but his practice schedules are – different than anything I've ever seen in terms of rest and 
and how they, you know, there's short games or the small games that they play, the physical, um, the physical battles that they have all the time. Yeah, small area games. And, you know, the thing is, too, is, I mean, their power pay in the month of February clicked at 11.8%. Yeah. Toronto's clicked at, I think, 30 or Edmonton's rather at like 33% for the month. Yeah. Well, and when you look at it, I mean, a seven to nothing game, if your power play had worked, you know, it, it changes everything. It keeps it close anyway. Yeah. The other problem is they don't have the puck a lot, which is sounds dumb, but that's a pretty basic principle to, to control a game. They just yeah. don't have the puck that often, which means that they're not even drawing that many penalties. And, and, and that, you know, where you can get the, you know, get a couple more chances on it. But because they don't have possession, they, they don't draw penalties. I mean, Tippett draws them. He's got some speed. Moving his feet. Yep. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, they, they're they not a team that, you know, you, you, you get that. Many. So if you do, you better take some advantage of them. Yeah. They, they played against Montreal. Montreal leads the league in minor penalties in a game. They didn't take a single minor penalty. There was one penalty in the game that they took. It was a fight. Yeah. Because Allison got, got in a scrap after Lawton got hit. But they didn't go on the power play at all. <laughs> you don't have the puck to get pulled down. Yeah. So you don't have possession, so you're not getting any power plays. You know the old saying, Al, control the puck, control the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's really simple. You, you got to win the puck when you don't have it and, and keep it as long as you can. Well, we'll see how where it goes. How's the uh, post-radio uh, show, Al, been? You sleeping in a little bit? Uh, a little bit. We've had a lot of games, so it's been busy. Uh, but this week, I don't, there's no game. Wednesday's a TNT. And, yeah. Uh, then I'll play again until Sunday. So <clears throat> no games this week. So it'll, it's been uh, okay. I'll go back and do some stuff in a m- couple of weeks, I guess. Just some weekend, maybe podcast. So, yeah, I'll have you on my podcast if I ever come up with a name. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll come up with a crowdsourcing name. That's how I did it. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. And everybody told me, always told me, stick to hockey, stick to hockey. There you Your go. opinion doesn't matter on anything else. So go, boom, there's the name of the podcast. Stick to hockey. <laughs> a good one. Have you talked to Ange at all? No, I never talked to him before. So yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, he's got, got a comfortable life in uh, Chestnut Hill, I guess. And I'm out here in Jersey. So no, I've I'm, I'm been uh, just doing hockey stuff and uh, having just relaxing a little bit. I mean, it is weird getting up at you know, 536, whatever compared to three it's, it's yeah. kind of but, but it was uh yeah you know i don't miss it so it's yeah. uh you know, i can get more into this and it's it's a hard it's hard keeping up with all the other sports when you're doing everything you know, yeah. like you have to like sixers eagle oh, it's like eagles all the time <clears throat> phillies now it's just it's really um it's almost it's like homework yeah um, because because the fan bases are of each team. Now the Eagles are kind of more widespread, but the fan bases of each team are so much more into the intricacies of it. Yep. To try, you can't you can't just uh, kind of uh, surface. You can't surf the. Can't surface. broad stroke it. Yep. No, it's hard to. Um, yeah. Because those those the people into those sports are really really into them, so it, it becomes homework to try to keep up with everything on, on what's going on. And it was, uh, it's nice to just more concentrate. Like, I don't worry about anything anymore except the Flyers in the NHL, which yeah. is uh, just, um, I'll have to go back when I start going back, get more into it. And the Phillies are cranked up. So I will miss that. I kind of, I do like talking. Baseball is easy to talk, especially with 
these crazy rule changes coming up. That yeah. that's for everybody to get involved in. Yeah, um, games are taking place so much quicker. Yeah, it, nice. <laughs> I remember when I got fired in 2019 on Halloween from the Fanatic from doing the daily radio show. I found it incredibly liberating yeah. that I, I could just concentrate on one sport. Yeah. And it was like, I'm not going to rearrange my life to for a Sixers game or a Phillies game or a Flyers game. It was liberating as hell. And it, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. But I mean, I'll still do, do I think I'm going to do some weekends and mm-hmm. uh, podcasts or whatever. So I'll be involved in it. It's, uh, I mean, I, I didn't want to just stop. I just mm-hmm. didn't want to do nothing. Uh, or just, I still wanted to work because I still, I mean, I don't feel like a thousand. Might look a thousand. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I you still got wanted, more to give. <clears throat> yeah, I kind of, and I still like, I mean, like I like the games. I mean, of all the things that you do, it's still the games. It's, yeah. I, I, I just enjoy the games. It's a, I mean, I watch every, I don't know how many games every night. I can watch and I don't care if a team's in the playoff, out of the playoff. I find something interesting in all of them. And even now I watch, watch a lot of college hockey. Now I don't watch, I don't get any much from the juniors. I don't mm-hmm. see much of that, but I do see a lot of Eastern college hockey. Yeah. And I enjoy the hell out of that too. So it's still fun. Yeah. You're, you and I are kind of cut from the same cloth. Like I'll just go to the, if there's like a, an 18 U showcase of tier one players, I'll go watch yeah. it. <laughs> Cause watch I just want to watch good hockey. Yeah, I watch it. It's fun. It's a it's it's a good game because you can even tell when your kids play. Like, if you have kids that play little league and then soccer and lacrosse and all that stuff, the most fun is when they play hockey. Yeah, it's the most fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, my, you know, it's like you know, little league. I love baseball, but my God, yeah, you got to be a saint to watch baseball I, swimming. <laughs> I'd prefer a root canal. <laughs> my son had, had they had their first playoff game last night and Flyers Cup starts next week they're they're a number 2 seed and he's playing varsity and they played last night in their first playoff game for the Chessmont and they won to beat Unionville 6 to 3 so we're back tonight at 8:30 uh to take on Avon Grove and see if they can win their league title first so. it's fun it is and i'm not coaching so it's like a whole different ball game yeah like yeah, i sit don't... in the stands with my wife she's ready to kill me yeah, you don't want to coach. I mean, I, I mean, I might actually do a little bit of that, but I never had a kid on the team. And yeah, that that was that was enjoyable. Yeah, I, I, this was my last year. I said he needs to hear a different voice. Enough, enough, dad, enough me. <laughs> Although he's been really good about like separating the. He calls me coach on the ice. Yeah, because you know, I'm not dad on the ice, so, <laughs> so I'll crawl up his ass like anybody else's. So, um, but yeah, it, it is a great game. Al, thanks for doing this, man. We'll uh, be on the lookout for your pod and your weekend shows and all that stuff. We'll be seeing you on NBC Sports Philly with Ashlyn. You guys are doing great work. Uh, thanks for doing this as always. All right. Anytime, Jason. There he is, Al Morgani. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching episode 53, Stick to Hockey Live. We're back Thursday with Anthony DeMarco, so join us then. Have a great day, everybody. Mm-hmm.